Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Valentine's version of Wrong and Wronger. And I just want to send out love, kisses, and a big huggy-wuggy to my smooching partner, James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. How you doing, James? I have a bone to pick with you. Oh. <laughs> wow, this is exactly like the conversation I have with my wife this morning. But, all right, what do you got? Every week when we miss, which happens a lot because your chaos has gotten from the point where it's funny to the, the point where it's just inconvenient. Every time we fail to record an episode, who has to break the terrible news to our greatest fan, Judy P? It's not you. You're just off dancing in whatever hellfires have taken over the ranch. No, the duty to break her heart and disappoint her falls to me every single week. And do I tell her it's all your fault? Absolutely. But I still feel bad because I'm the one who has to deliver the news. And now we've got like five other people listening. So the pressure's really on to put this out. And we're going to lose all of our momentum and be just back down to her. And I don't know how much more disappointment she can take, Steve. you gotta, you got to step up your game. Address cards and letters to the Exploding Unicorn. What? No, James <laughs> at ExplodingUnicorn.com. And uh, all queries will be answered within 24 hours. James has nothing better to do than to respond uh, to all of our fans. He is the conduit to our, uh, our audience. And at this point now, we are once again talking to no one, which is a shame because I think there was an especially <laughs> big disaster. So other than picking a bone with you, I did want to also offer you my condolences because I believe oh. your favorite thing in the world has died. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. This, this is quite shocking for me to hear. What happened again? Maybe I, th I thought the BAM died. Did I miss? I, I haven't followed your tweets. Oh, real my God. Well, hold on. <laughs> you don't know that the BAM died, but it did. It's funny. I don't know how you knew that. No, the BAM. Oh, Jesus. What do you mean, how do I know that? You post every disaster on social media. They do pop up on my feed from time to time. <laughs> No, it didn't die in my post. It got sucked into the gate of hell, and I had to pull it out with my truck, which almost also got stuck in the <laughs> gate of hell. But as a result, I went out on it the next day, and it didn't work. The blades won't engage. Something got screwed up that wasn't the first verb that came to mind <laughs> with the hydraulics and man we need that thing to work like we got to get everything mowed down before spring when it greens up and gets tough again but this is going to be another month sending it off to get fixed i'm actually quite irritated by the whole thing but yeah what i posted wasn't the death of the bam it was the bam getting pulled into one of the gullies and me having to use my tow rope to get it out so it doesn't surprise me that you're equally bad at driving a truck and a, you know, a riding lawnmower. So that that was pretty expected. And I have, I guess I just I read into it that the BAM would be wrecked because everything you what? everything you get stuck somewhere ends up partially destroyed. So it was a it was a not much of a leap. And it also helps. That I don't read your post particularly close. I just saw, you know, disaster BAM and just kind of filled in the rest yeah. of the sentence myself. 
Yeah. But well, again, you're not wrong. And uh, if you just kind of, if you fill in the blank with what is the worst possible thing that could have happened to Steve, you're probably going to be correct. I mean, at this point, I'm pretty sure that thing is more important to you than your child or your wife. So, I mean, this is a big blow to be without it on Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, I, I, I did almost pee down my leg when I could feel it starting to go because there's a... <laughs> There's a pivot point where you go from being in control of what's happening to you to being completely at the mercy of gravity and physics. And uh, it was during that point that I almost urinated. But as soon as I realized I was going to live, I, I started thinking, wait a minute, how am I going to get the BAM out of here? Like my own personal safety and well-being was secondary to getting that thing out of the ditch. Does it have one of those like safety things you wrap around your wrist so that if you get flown from the vehicle and it goes end over end, it doesn't keep chopping? Or do you do you disable that somehow because you like to live dangerously? Uh, you know, we bought the thing used, right? Oh, of course, yes. It has a seatbelt that doesn't necessarily work. It does have a roll bar that goes over the top of the driver. So if you flip over, you won't get crushed by the... It's two and a half tons. Holy so it would be a bad day. <laughs> Well, that's why I said when I could feel the back end starting to go, I was like, well, we've had a good run. <laughs> I, I, I thought for sure I was going to die because the gully's about 12 feet deep and it's pretty straight down. The good news was I'll finish my thought about uh, the roll bar in a second and the safety features on the BAM. But the, uh, the good news was all the blackberry vines that I hate ended up sort of catching the BAM and stopping me about halfway down the slide. So if it w if I would have slid all the way to the bottom, it would have hit hard and it might have flipped over. But more importantly, I didn't have a tow rope long enough to reach it. So I don't know how I would have gotten it out of there. Plus, it was, uh, I don't know if you watched the video that accompanied that statement, but it was about to come rain. And if more mud would have been created, there would be no chance anyone could have pulled two and a half tons out of that gully. But the safety features that you're asking about almost do not exist, save for that roll bar, which is a single bar that's <laughs> supposed to hold up two and a half tons. And if I were to fly out of the seat, the blades would stop spinning. Okay, that <laughs> That's about the best we can do. I wonder in that situation, so let's say you're going down to the bottom, would you have jumped or would you have ridden it out? I'm trying to think which is more unsafe. And I think probably if the fall isn't that fast, you're probably better to j off to jump off. Man, it's funny you ask that because it's, God, it's funny you ask that because there are a lot of things that go through a man's mind when he is knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. And I will preface this by saying one of my neighbors slid into the ditch across from our driveway, mm -hmm. and that is also a cliff and a gully. He ended up having his truck get caught by a tree that held him up long enough to get out and scramble up to the road. But he was saying as his truck was starting to go sideways on the highway and he knew he was going over the edge, he thought about, should I just bail like James Bond and jump <laughs> out of this thing? And he ended up staying in. And I thought to myself, you idiot, of course you bail on that thing. If that truck goes over the side, I've seen enough Michael Bay movies to know it's going to explode. <laughs> like, why do you want to be in there? Having said that, I now understand exactly why he stayed in, because there's something about the male spirit, just <laughs> that frontiersman that exists in all of us, James, that says, I can fix this. I can get out. I am going to know what to do when the time is right. And of course, that's dead wrong. But I did honestly 
I can't believe, A, you knew the BAM was out of commission now, and two, you knew I thought about bailing. I really did think about jumping off because at the time, I didn't know exactly how deep the gully was. Like, I, I wasn't paying that much attention to it, but they're all deep with very steep walls. And so it did occur to me, because there was that moment of hang-up where it was deciding if it was going to go or if it wasn't, where I thought, this is the moment of truth. But uh, that little that little voice that niggles in the back of your head that says, hang on, we're going to get out of this. <laughs> That's what overtook me. So I, I did consider it, but I did not do it. Because I don't know. I think if I, I I'm just pondering the scenarios, and I think the most likely outcome of that thing flips is that that bar, that single bar, is going to fail, and you're going to be crushed. <laughs> and then you're probably the worst part. I don't know what the engineering is on that thing, but it almost feels like aluminum when I knock on it. It is not solid iron. And then, you know, it's probably going to, like, not kill you. It's just going to, like, paralyze you. And then for the rest of your life, you're like, why the heck didn't I jump? Or then if you jump, you probably still end up halfway paralyzed. You'd be like, why did I jump? <laughs> Whichever choice you made is the wrong one, which really sums up your entire experience at Rattlesnake Ranch. I actually, I brought it up to Lola the other day because we were planning out our summer. I was like, yeah, and at some point, we're definitely going to have to go down and visit Steve. And the only thing she's heard about your ranch for the past six months is everything wrong with it and the look i got from her made me think that maybe we're not going down to your ranch now or ever but you know i'd like to keep the door open just in case ah uh, yeah yeah well i mean it's a gorgeous place to die that's all i can say to you James. rattlesnake ranch has a new motto <laughs> yeah so but it's given me a new appreciation for life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And I don't know. Do you, when you almost die, James, it does kind of bring you to a new understanding of existentialism. Did you ever get your gate installed out front? Yeah. And do you have a sign hanging on that gate yet? We, well, there's a no trespassing <laughs> sign, course. but what do you mean? I didn't know if you had like a rattlesnake ranch sign yet or anything else. I was just pondering if I had a very nice metal sign made that said a beautiful place to die, if you would hang that up or if that would be against <laughs> Mrs. Steve's sensibilities, because a beautiful place to die, really, if you think about it, has the same effect as a no trespassing sign, but it's much classier. Yes, it really does. <laughs> First of all, I said a gorgeous place oh, to die. I want to up the ante one tick. But I, I posted a video about, I put like a real thin chain. There, there's two land bridges between big properties, mine and the one next door. And people will come look at the other property that's for sale right now. And they'll come across the land bridge and drive around on my property. I'm like, what the hell, dude? So I put up, they're flimsy chains, but there's a big red uh, private property sign on them. And the point isn't to stop people if they really want to get across into my property. The sign is to just let them know where the boundary is. And I said that to say this with your gorgeous place to die. Most people out where I live respect other people's boundaries because they know there's a good chance they'll get shot at if they don't. <laughs> so having that beautiful place to die sign would further reinforce that stereotype, which... 
which is a cliche for a reason. I guess uh, in all of this excitement about you almost dying and also losing the BAM, I forgot to make yeah. fun of you for the most important point from all of this, is that you're the only person in Tennessee out there in February mowing your lawn. It's not like you're in February where the grass grows year-round. <laughs> you have turned winter mowing in a place that actually experiences winter into an art. It's a sad and desolate yeah. art, but it is an art. And you are, I guarantee you, you've got the only mower running in that whole county. Well, I guess not running now, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and I'll say it again. I've seen a couple of green blackberry shoots starting to grow, and I'm like, oh my God, we have to get everything. It, right now, the field grass is about nose high on me. And if, when that stuff starts greening up and growing in thick again, there is no way we're going to get the BAM through it. It's got to be dead and brittle and brown. And so we've got about three weeks to get this stuff cut down. We're probably going to have to hire someone now to come out and do it because it's going to take forever to get this thing fixed. My only hope, James, my only hope is that it was too cold the last couple days for the hydraulics to actually work because we were in the teens. And I don't know the BAM well enough, all the little quirks about it, to understand if it will operate fully in the wintertime. Now, I did drive it around to warm the engine up, and it still didn't engage. But I told Mrs. Steve to get out there on it today. It's supposed to be in the upper 40s or 50 and see if those hydraulics engage because that'll take a lot of pressure off if I can get out there and she can get out there and we can get most of it knocked down. It actually just occurred to me that we have not explained what the BAM is. I'm sure people have guessed from context clues that is the device of destruction that has betrayed you. But do you, do you want to play out what the acronym actually stands for? Yeah, it comes up on Twitter now and again, too. It's the big-ass mower, the BAM. It's a 60-horsepower diesel 10-foot lawnmower. And... Uh, we, we got it used for a good price, and it is a mofo, James, and that's M-O-W-F-O. <laughs> See what I did there? Actually, I just made that up on the spot. I kind of like it, and I'm going to use it again. But it's fabulous. That thing will go through freaking trees, man. There is nothing the BAM can't handle, and I love it. I love the BAM. I'd also like to clarify that the big-ass part of the big-ass mower refers to Steve. It's a, it's a combined unit, Steve and the mower together. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's only one ton. <laughs> Not on it if you're doing the math. There we go. Man, that's a that was your whole like in last week or the week before, whenever we last recorded before you abandoned me yet again and I had to disappoint <laughs> Judy P. Whenever we last recorded, I was getting so depressed by your series of disasters that I asked you to say something good about the ranch. And the only one yeah. I remember from that list is you like mowing it. And now that's gone. You said out it loud is. something you enjoyed and it was taken away from you. So I will never oh. ask you to say something good about the ranch again because the demons, they are listening. Oh, I love recording this show with James Breakwell. <laughs> you wish you could get cut off from me. They, they can sense a lie. <laughs> I don't know. Lola might do it for me. Do you, uh, do you have water to that auxiliary cabin where we would be staying yet or is it still <laughs> waterless? Please, are you kidding? Have something work over there? You're crazy. You know, Mrs. Steve is still trying to figure out the electrical, and I think she's just going to rerun some wires because she can't figure out what the heck the person who ran the wire did in the first place. So the electrical is jacked up now, too, as she's taking everything apart to start over again. That was the one thing that worked over there. You were so proud that the, that the Mennonites buried a second cord as part of their scam I to get know. you to pay more. Ooh, and now... You have a good memory. I, of course yeah. I do. I have, a, I have a perfect memory for things that are wrong with you. Like, it's a 
whole section of my head. <laughs> a Steve Dedick memory. Yes, it is very. I I forget my children's names often, but things that have gone wrong for Steve, it is it is a library up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the electricity does work. It's just some of the components do not work, like wall outlets. There's a apparently uh, Mrs. Steve is the construction guru. I'm just here for my good looks, James, <laughs> and I think you can understand that. But uh, she's the one that is tearing this apart. And there's apparently a certain logic to the way houses get wired, and this does not follow that logic, which is very vexing and irritating to her. So I think she's going to end up fixing it, but it's going to take a while. And in the meantime, the plumbing is not getting looked at, and. Uh, it, it, far be it from me to step in and try to do anything because there would be a crater where that cabin used to stand if I get involved. But it is it's going slow, but sure, it'll it'll be there. I have a alternate proposal that might solve all of your problems. Does it involve napalm and a drone strike? No, no, no. So everything that's gone wrong is with the big cabin mm -hmm. and the small cabin. But you have mm -hmm. a third structure on that property. You built a garage. Yep. And you happen to have some experience with living in garages. So why don't you just <laughs> yes. add a bathroom onto that thing and move into the garage? I mean, there's nothing in there that can go wrong. It probably just has an overhead light, and that's it. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is I wired all the lights. I'm the one that installed and wired in all the lights in the garage, and yet they still work, James wow. Blakewell. Well, now – Dare you in yeah. your thoughts. I now expect but, it to yeah, burn but, down, so I retract my plan. <laughs> Our plan was to put a bathroom in the corner of the garage at first, and then we realized that that is way down on the list. It's underneath getting everything that we already have to work first. Ah, so in order at this point, though, I mean, the, the it has a concrete are you floor. Still there? I am still here. James Breakwell. What are you doing? Ooh, of course, I'm still we here. We have been cut off. No, we haven't. So I'm going to wrap this up on behalf of James Breakwell. Obviously. God has smited him for all of his insults and degradation here, of me Steve. and my property over the... Oh, damn it! He is still here. Damn it! I could hear you the whole hey, time. Hey, what is wrong with your no, phone? No, I was talking... I was it, talking... Say nice things about just, you. And just for the record, you? for the record, like yeah. we record our audio and video separately. So to the listeners, yeah. I, it's just going to be me saying, I can hear you, Steve. I can hear you, Steve, over and over again <laughs> as you, like a senile old man, cannot you know hear anything I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> now I was expressing my gratitude for all you've done for me over the years. You tried to deprive them of eight minutes of terrible content. How dare you? <laughs> me? You're the one that cut me off. I didn't like do anything. Like some kind of telephone terrorist. I could hear you the whole time, and it was awful. I could hear you, and I couldn't even insult you. That was the worst part. It was kind of traumatizing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you about to say something, James? Because I live to hear your voice. Well, I don't know what I was going to say. Now, now I'm just furious at you for other reasons. But I, I will say that if you, uh, the, the, okay, I remember what it was. The the whole floor mm. of it is concrete now, right? You you poured it all in. Yes. And I remember you had yes. trouble getting the concrete guys out there as well because that's just par for the yes. course in Rattlesnake Ranch. Yes. So at this point now, you'd have to either drill through the concrete or add on an additional structure to the side to get a bathroom out there. This is true. Uh, it it wouldn't be as big of a deal as you think to just run that conduit through there or pipe a PVC, a CPVC, I think we would need. I don't know. There's all kinds of different pipes. Uh, I don't 
think it would be as big of a deal. At least our concrete guy assured us it would not be as big of a deal to him because he knows what he's doing as it would be to me who just has to write a check. <laughs> so what do they do? You drill a hole through the concrete, then you also dig through the concrete to connect a pipe to it? Or like dig, out, dig in the dirt I... underneath it maybe? He, I think the plan would be to cut out like a square of the concrete and then put the pipe in with like an elbow in it to run outside of the concrete and then pour concrete back over that square. So I, I think they have big saws and they would be able to do it like in one fell swoop. I don't know exactly. I'm kind of making this up as I go along, but he was nonplussed when I said what our plans would be in the future with it. He was like, yeah, we can do anything you want. Yeah, well, probably because he thinks it's going to destroy the whole garage. Then he gets to pour you new concrete for a new garage. So he just sees dollar <laughs> signs. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be everybody's M.O. when it comes to working on the ranch. So let's do, uh, I guess, let's do a status check update. So the BAM is down. The small cabin yeah. no longer has electricity or water. Does it have heat? Yeah. No, the heat requires the electricity. Okay, so it doesn't have, like, a backup wood stove or anything. No, so it, it would burn down. It has things. none of the components necessary for life except for a roof that keeps out rain. Does the roof still work? Yes. Okay, so it's got one thing. now. Unless the wind blows really hard, <coughs> but we'll get into that some other time. Oh, no, let's get into it now. We've got four and a half minutes left, Steve. <laughs> well, part of, so the added bedroom is using the roof that was over, like, the pole barn mm -hmm. part of the structure, which didn't have to necessarily keep water out. It just had to kind of be an overhang. And what we found, the first time it rained heavy with wind, the wind was pushing it up under the eave of the roof and it was leaking into the bedroom. So my solution was to just uh, take a brad nailer and nail a piece of OSB particle board up over the hole where the rain was coming in. And my assumption was if it does rain in again, it's not gonna rain in nearly enough to soak through that board. So I don't know if it's still raining in necessarily, but I do know as of now, the OSB has held the water out of the bedroom. Okay, so the small cabin is going to crumple from water damage and fall in. Okay, we've established that now. Do you have... Well, I told you that the, the, the shower's been leaking into the wall for a month and a half, so of course it's going to crumble from water damage. Man, maybe you should not put electricity back out there. Everything is sopping wet. It's going to burn down the second you flip that switch back on. Nah, that water will put it out right away. <laughs> and then, okay, big cabin. Do you have a kitchen yet? Yeah. No. No kitchen. Okay. Yeah, no. You have a bathroom, though, right? Yes. And the yes. bathroom works for number one and number two? Yeah, but we don't have a sink. But, yes, the toilet works. Wait, I thought you only had a bathroom sink, and you had to use that because you no. don't have a kitchen sink. No, we don't have either. We have a shower. So you don't have a bathroom sink or a kitchen sink. No. And I know you don't wash your hands, but Mrs. Steve no. then washes her hands in the shower? Yeah, in the shower, yeah. How do you cook food that often requires water? We have a microwave and we have bottled water. You, have to bring, you are out there in, in nature. You probably have a well and you are bringing in bottled water. Actually, I shouldn't assume anything. Do you have a well? No, we have city water. Don't you remember when the big auger hit the water line and made a geyser in the yard? I guess it never occurred to me to ask what that water was going or that, that that pipe was going to. So you you are out like a hundred miles from anything, and you have a hundred mile pipe going to a city. <laughs> it's about a half mile pipe. The water is at the road because that uh, country music star 
has all of the amenities right there at the road for us because they have it on their property. And thank God for rich people, James, because we have internet, which is available. We don't have it installed yet. We have electricity that's buried and goes to the house. We have water that's buried and goes to the house. Everything is there. So I guess uh, I guess what I really want to know then, is her property or his property, is it also cursed or is it just yours? <laughs> From what I understand, uh, everything there is going very well. Now, the owner of our property, the previous owner, had a fight with that person which uh, has led to some bad blood that might be make that uh, star and their family reluctant to work with us on some things that we need, like a better fence between our property. Why would you want a fence between your property? Wouldn't you want to just sneak over there and enjoy their working water and electricity? <laughs> oh, God, yes, yes. But the, the house, there, I... I can't remember if I told you how much property they own, but it is enormous. And so their house is probably a good mile from our house, even though our property lines touch. Wow, that is impressive. I would bet it's, it's at least a mile. Like when we run the highway between our driveways, it's a, it's a long way. Well, even with that much of a buffer, I think they'd want more than a fence, given that you're there. They'd probably want a moat, maybe, maybe some machine gun, now, <laughs> something along that. Maybe, and I'm not against a dragon patrolling the perimeter. I mean, that anything, whatever keeps you and your demons out, I think would be the right move. But I do have some good news for you, even though you tried to you yeah. know, eject on this podcast eight minutes ago. What? We've finally hit our required amount of misery. So if you want, if you don't have another disaster story yet, if you want to go out and get some more disasters built up, you can take us out of here. James, my life builds up disasters. I don't have to manufacture that at all. So until we meet again and recount what happened between right now and then, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve for James, the big huggy bear, unicorn, breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening. Give yourselves a big huggy wuggy and a smooch on James's behalf. And until we meet again, always remember two wrongs can make a right.